Hey everybody, this is Josh Schultz. I'm the pastor at Mountain View Lutheran in Great Falls, Montana. And I'm Nathan Lairsh, pastor at Illumin Church, Rock Hill, South Carolina. And Good to be we, here. Yeah, we are, are coming uh, together again, uh, looking at God's word together, uh, diving into it here in John chapter 21. And we've been doing this for a while. And uh, the reason we're doing that is to uh, have this devotion, this time together in God's word for Nate and I, but then to include you in on the conversation uh, and to give you a, a piece of God's word uh, to take in uh, on your day, in your week. And we just pray that it's a blessing to you as we know uh, it's been a blessing to us. And today, like I said, we are in John chapter 21 and this is a miraculous catch of fish, the third resurrection appearance of Jesus, uh, verses one through 14. And Nate, uh, if you could read that. Yeah. yeah. Um, here we go. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Canaan, Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? Nope, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved, John, said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153 but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. That's God's word. Josh. I talked about you in my sermon on Sunday. What? And yeah, I yep. wasn't—I wasn't the main character, right? You had—you you talked more about Jesus than me, didn't you? It was. This was from the Gospel of Josh. Um, no, no, I'm no. just. <laughs> uh, no, no, but no. I asked you about this last week, though. Yeah. Off, off air, because um, you fished your way through college for a couple summers, at least. I know you went up from. Uh, Illinois, Wisconsin, wherever you were living at the time, you went up to Alaska and worked long, arduous hours on a salmon fishing boat. Um, and so I'm just going to ask you if, if what the disciples happened to you when you were fishing up there all night long, you're fishing. And it's not just that you don't catch as many as you usually do. It's that you haul in zero fish, zero salmon for an entire night what would that have looked like for you and your boat? Yeah, that's a good question. I, uh, 
Yeah, so I spent my spent three summers in a row uh, in the southeast part of Alaska, south of Juneau, down by Ketchikan, Alaska. And commercial fishing is called persaining. It's huge, huge uh, quarter mile long nets, and when the salmon run comes, you use that and then with another boat, and you close up the net. It's called persaining because it gets into a bag or a purse, you could say. And uh, you bring the fish up in huge nets onto the side of the boat. And so, like, that's why I love these accounts. This isn't the only fishing account um, and fishing illustration that Jesus uses. So it's like, when I read this, it's like, yeah, I I did something similar to that. But these guys uh, were the real deal because we used used all the modern-day technology and hydraulics and pulleys and things like that. But they, uh, they did it all by hand which is actually really interesting because every time I think about this, uh, the work we did with more modern technology, like you talk to some of the old timers uh, of a previous generation, like back in the fifties and sixties who did the same type of fishing. Like they would tell you like everything was done manual, like maybe not everything like by hand, but they would like literally have like hand winches that they would pull these big, huge, heavy nets up with. Um, because it's and when you look at these guys it's just like this is hard work like people whenever i talk to anybody about this it's like like when you see fishing like all all we ever think of is like leisurely fishing going out there throwing a line like you're doing it for fun like not many of you if anybody i know has ever like had to fish for their for their food unless you're like i'm just montana back country <laughs> you're out of food and you gotta catch some trout in the stream but i mean these guys these guys worked hard like this was not like an enjoyable sun in your face out on the water it's just like these guys were grinding and what i i don't know this is the thing i always think of when i read this like they were fishing at night i have no idea how they could possibly do this type of fishing in the dark you know what I mean? It's just like it would it would have made because it's like it's very it's very complicated with all the ropes and um, all the ropes and everything and to to get it right and I just don't know how they did it at night. So, anyways, to get to your question, very long hard days, very long hard nights for these guys, and um, I just think to myself of the emotional state they were at in the morning if they were fishing all night. This is another good discussion point, like, that I talked about in my sermon. Like, they weren't just, like, going out there to relive the good old days. Like, they had to be doing this because they needed income. They needed food. Like, they needed the fish. They weren't just, like, going out there for fun. If they were going out there for fun, they would have, like, gone, like, two or three hours without catching anything and say, you know what? We're going back in. Like, this was this was pointless. No, they fished all night because they had a reason to, and that reason must have been uh, to pay the bills. Like they had, they still had bills just like we did, even though, um, even though that uh, things were kind of in limbo with, with them and Jesus and getting, waiting to be commissioned. But anyway, so I just think of how frustrated they would have been. It's kind of like, I don't know, do any type of, do t- any type of like manual labor for eight hours. And then like in the end, like you didn't get paid at all and you got nothing out of it except 
a long day of hard work that you didn't get rewarded to for um, with anything. Like if you could imagine, imagine that, or maybe you had that type of situation, but it's, they would have been extremely frustrated down probably i bet you they were probably like were i bet you like guys like john and peter were probably arguing and angry with each other um because that's what happens when you work together and it all nothing works like there probably was a lot of tension on the boat too mm-hmm. so yeah, you're saying there that, that, that was kind of a long answer but no i love i love the insight and i i almost i almost just well, no, I can't get past the quarter mile long nets. I just, I just can't even really fathom that. But, um, so you're saying there were, there were like physical ramifications cause you're exhausted just from the work itself. There's emotional ramifications just from putting in hard work and, and everyone can relate to this in one way or another, putting in hard work and then getting absolutely zero results from it. Mm-hmm. That's hard. There's financial ramifications. Mm-hmm. Because they needed, they yeah, you, you wouldn't just fish all night long for fun or because you were bored. It had to be almost certainly for commercial purposes, yeah, like to make lose, a living, support your family. Would you lose a whole night of sleep just for fun? No. Like I know, I know guys, no. who, I know guys who like fish for leisure or hobby at night because they say the fish are bite more and it's just like, okay, but like you really got to love fishing in order to do that. And I would never, I would never do that. Losing his sleep for fishing. Like, but these guys, that's why they're out there all night. Well, yeah. And especially if you don't catch anything, then it's not fun. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah. So So, either way, like I, yeah, to look at that, it's like, Oh, they didn't catch anything, you know, and have been there, done that. Like most anybody, right. If anybody, if you fished ever and you've gotten skunked, which, I do plenty. I've done plenty of fishing, and that's happened plenty of times where you walk away with nothing. It's just like, eh, okay. But these guys, this is different. Um, they are, they're in a really rough spot. They had to be. If they're anything, yeah. if if they have any, <laughs> if they're, they're anything like us. And they were probably even more so because they're even more professional than you were, right? Because they and, had more experience, right? And I, that's why I think it's so, when Jesus says, hey, friends, haven't you any fish? And even though they think he's a stranger, like, I bet you somebody like Peter, big, you know, guy who pulls out the sword in the Garden of Gethsemane, I bet you, <laughs> I bet you he thought, like, seeing the stranger, when he heard that question, friends, having many fish, I bet you Peter was thinking to himself, let's go to shore and I'm going to take this guy's head off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how dare you even ask us that question? If you have any, any idea what last night was like, um, you know, mm-hmm. it's kinda, yeah, it's just like. Just rubbing, Jesus like, is rubbing it in. And I think about that of, of Jesus saying, thinking that, like saying it to let these guys know, it's like, what, you guys spent all night and you didn't catch anything? Like he's like impressing on them. He's like, I don't want to say twisting the knife because uh, he's not saying that to make yeah. them, I, I, but he's not saying that to make, the, I don't think he's saying that to make him them miserable. He's saying on that to press it harder that you guys worked really hard on your own and nothing came of it because he's going to teach that truth to, to them and us that like through his blessing and through his power, G, 
working with Jesus, working for Jesus, he's going to be the one that gets the job done. And so like to ask that question, he's like pushing it again, sticking his finger in their chest saying, you know, I want you to dwell on this a little yeah. bit longer. Yeah. So you, you beat me to it because I was just going to ask. So, so now Jesus shows up and what's, what's, what's the point? What, what's he teaching? And I, I'll, I agree with what you said. I'm going to say though, say it a little different way. He did want to make them miserable for a little bit, for a little bit so that they would really know that they weren't, they weren't enough by themselves and that they shouldn't, they shouldn't trust in their profession, no matter how professional they were, they shouldn't trust in themselves and their own expertise and like teaching them that sometimes things just don't work out the way that they should the way that like, cause like they definitely should have caught some fish that night, but Jesus caused them. I think we can say this. Jesus caused them not to because of the greater truth that he was going to show. And we, chose, we could all chose not to bless them until the moment was right. Yeah. He chose not to bless them in the moment. Well, over the course of 12 hours, because he had a greater blessing in mind. That was going to last a lot longer. And I'm not just talking about 153 fish. Mm-hmm. Um, I again, very go ahead. Sorry, I was just saying, like, we, we read this and you just like, when you dig into it deeper, you just realize it's not about the fish. You know, there were other, it's always pointing right. towards Jesus. Yes, but it's like, you get the whole idea that this is about the fish and for them just to be overwhelmed that they have all these fish. No, like, there is like in the moment of how much they needed this for their hearts and their souls right here and how much they would need to remember this, this lesson that Jesus taught in a lifelong ministry where they needed Jesus help. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I mean, we can apply that to ourselves as pastors, but everyone listening, no matter what your uh, station in life is, your lifelong, whatever you do, everything you do, um, if I just try to do it alone without Jesus, it's going to, it's going to come up empty and um, ultimate blessing comes through Jesus. Um, That's not to say I don't ever like, we're not, we're not like preaching prosperity here and Mm -hmm. saying, well, if you trust in Jesus, then everything is going to turn out great. Um, Like if in, in the scope of eternity, everything is going to turn out perfectly, but everything might be, seem to be horrible your entire life like you you might proverbially or whatever the word is cast out your nets and catch nothing for 80 years and then in eternity jesus has got breakfast waiting for you on the shore right i like that um um i before i'm just going back a little bit i lost it there for a minute but you know chapters and verses and headings and things weren't in the original text so I love, I love, and I didn't, I didn't talk about this on Sunday or anything, but verse chapter 20, the last two verses, it says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these, like these signs are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And then this comes right after that. So it's like, you want another example of what life is like believing in Jesus? This is what it's like. 
there's going to be nights when you don't catch any fish. And Jesus is always standing there on the shore though, with, with his promises. Um, and like, here's yeah. an example of, of, of that. Jesus is exactly who he says he is and the things that he does, the ways that he provides, the promises that he gives and fulfills. Um, it's just all, all in Jesus. And think of how, because um, we talk about providence, how God provides for us. And we can talk about that in a little bit, but you know, I really don't think the first, the first and foremost lesson here that, that he was teaching them and giving to us through John's account is one of providence. It's there and it definitely is big, but like when we talk Define, about when we say providence, yeah. So providence, what is providence? Just, just the providence of just think provide like uh, here of how God provides for us. Really, when we talk about providence in general, it's like God's control of the universe and how He makes the universe work. Like God, like how, like the way God, the way God has created and continues to work his power for your body to function properly and for you to breathe like that's god's providence like the way that you get paid a paycheck and put food on the table and have a roof over your head that is god's providence um mm -hmm. he does it through and we're, i want to talk about this in a little bit he he works through miracles because he has the power to and he and he works through um other other people he works through things like government he works through uh your hard work right and so the way god provides and controls all things but but that and i want to talk Thanks about for that, that out. yeah i want to talk about that in a little bit um but did the the disciples needed to know they needed to know that jesus would provide for them here now forever in their ministry but like just look at peter's reaction when he realizes it's Jesus. <laughs> you know, it's not about the fish. You know, it's not about jump the in the water. water. Why? No, it's, it's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. Yeah, and it's just like, and this is kind of how I it worked it and how I took it. It's like, think of how unbelievably comforting and excited and overwhelming that would have been for Peter and all the disciples, but for Peter. Jesus appeared to them already. He gave them those words of forgiveness of peace be with you. But it's just the fact that he, here he is again, like he's still with us. He still wants to be with us. He's, he's not leaving us out in the lurch. He's, he's here. And uh, in a moment when they needed him to be there with them, like they didn't need a huge like think of if you know <laughs> if if Jesus didn't give them the miraculous catch of fish, if he just said, Oh, you guys didn't catch any fish, come on and I have breakfast waiting for you. Like think of how powerful that would have been. Like just like when when their life was rough and they're extremely frustrated, um just being there with Jesus would have been enough and grace upon grace mm -hmm. it gives him the catch of fish. But it's just like, it's just the fact that Jesus is communicating that he still loves them, that the words of, he, he's not the kind of friend and savior who says, I forget, peace be with you. I forgive you. And then treats you like, treats you like 
you know, so, treats you like you're not forgiven, right? Because we know what that's like when you make up with somebody and they, you say, they say, oh yeah, I forgive you. But then like really deep down in their heart, they like want nothing to do with you. It's like, mm-hmm. That's not how Jesus is. He forgives you and he loves you and he loves you and he loves you and he loves you and he just keeps loving you. Um, And that's what I see here first and foremost that the disciples needed. They needed another assurance of Jesus' love for them. Yeah, because the things that he provides, his providence, and this goes for everything in life, the gifts that he gives, it's not, I mean, be thankful for the gifts, but more importantly, it like all the gifts, everything he provides, it's to take us back to him who is the provider and the giver. Um, and the fish, the fish here, the, large the point fish. of it, the point of it, the, the 153 large fish, the point of it was to take them back to shore to the one who gave them the fish. Yeah. I just see it too. I don't know. There's just something so beautiful about it that you want, like we always, we always want more here and now. We always want more like, come on, Mm. like give us more of the details of, you know, having breakfast with Jesus before he reinstates Peter. Like just, it's so simple that he just comes and has breakfast with them. And again, he is with them and, they're going to need that, won't they? When he says, uh, truly I'm with you to the end of the age, but as he commissions them, it's just like, they are going to need this, this memory to carry them through so many times that their living, risen, victorious, loving, forgiving Savior Jesus uh, is always there for them, just like he was uh, on the beach here. Yeah. Yeah, you said we, right, right. You you said we want more details and things, and we do. And like, just in general in life, we want more. We're always searching for the next thing, the thing that's going to take us to the next level or make us happier or more at peace or fill in the blank. And we've already got it. We've already got Jesus. Um, And if you permit me, I, I read, I told this, I said this at the end of my sermon. I don't know what kind of football teams you've got up there, college and things, but Clemson is like two hours from where we are. There's a bunch of Clemson fans. We're like split between Clemson and University of South Carolina. Um, But Trevor Lawrence, he's probably going to be the number one pick in the NFL draft, almost certainly. I think it's next week. And um, just last week, an article came out in Sports Illustrated. Someone showed me this and um, he kind of caught some heat because here he is. Um, won a national championship. People call him the best quarterback prospect for the NFL in the last 10 years. Yeah, probably and, he, and, and he said, I don't need football. And um, he just got married last week. And he said, I don't need football. And his high school coach said, yeah, you know, Trevor, like, obviously he's a go-getter and he wants to win and he's, a, you know, he's going to be a superstar. But yeah, like he could be totally fine. I could see if he just walked away from the game right now, he'd be good. And so people were questioning like, okay, when the going gets tough, is he going to bear down? Is he going to, is he going to do a good job and do the work necessary to be a success in the NFL? Can a, can a, a team who drafts him count on him? Um, 
and he's since gives given some reasons why yeah but um the article said nothing about this but i think because i know that he's a christian i think that he can say i don't need football because or at least i'd like to think that this is his reasoning is that he knows he's enough and he's got enough mm-hmm. in jesus that even though he's going to sign a contract two weeks from now that is going to like he would never work a day in his life again and be more than good mm-hmm. but he doesn't need he doesn't need that because he's got jesus and that's that's true for all of us whether we're trevor lawrence's or or anybody well, and yeah. that just that fills that fills me up whether that you're fills me up so much when you're whether you're in the nfl or you're in a wheelchair um whether you're <laughs> when you're looking at this whether you're whether your nets are full of fish or they're empty. Yeah. And it's yeah. the fact that you've got it. You got everything that you need. And that is hard sometimes to, to hear. It's comforting, but it's sometimes hard uh, to hear of the fact that you don't have this, but you have Jesus. And a lot of times we just focus on what we don't have, but it's just to say, continue to do um continue to go where the disciples went to the shore to be with jesus uh to be with him in his word uh, as you're listening to this right now the more and more the more and more you know him the more and more you eat breakfast with him maybe you're listening to this while having mm-hmm. uh you will your eyes will your eyes will be more and more fixed on him and you will see that you have all, all you need in jesus yeah. And the shore where he's always standing is God's word. So, so jump out of the boat, swim to shore, the shore of the Bible and uh, go eat with Jesus. Mm-hmm. I think that's a wrap. Uh, can you, uh, can you pray us out? Yeah, let's do that. Dear Lord, as we uh, got together again today, uh, Nate and I, and then all those who are listening with us, we just thank you for this time in your word, uh, this time spent with with fellow Christians. Uh, we're sitting down and we're having breakfast with you. We're being fed that spiritual food of the bread of life of you, Jesus, in your word. And and we ask that you would fill us up, that you would fill us up with you, and that we would know that you are all we need. Uh, you're all we need. Uh, for our forgiveness, for our salvation, for our eternity. Uh, you are all we need to trust and depend on um, as we look for earthly blessings, as we look for uh, having enough to pay the bills, to put food on the table, to take care of our kids, uh, to have a roof over our head, that that you are enough to provide. You are more than enough. and You give us enough. You give us what we need, everything we need for body and soul. Uh, help lead us to use this account to look to you in trust that you're going to provide, that you're going to help, um, that you're going to continue to be there with us and for us. And then like Peter did, as he jumped out and went to shore to you, we ask that when we are blessed in these ways, each and every day that we would go to you and say, thank you, uh, that we would go to you in prayer and praise and thanksgiving, uh, acknowledging you as the giver, of every good blessing that comes from above from you. Uh, Help us with that and be with us this week as we continue to serve you. We ask this all in Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks for the great conversation. Yep. Thanks for being with us, everybody. We'll talk to you. We'll talk to you over this podcast next week.